You are listening to You Were Made For This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode, where today we pick up where we left off in episode 89, How to Be a Better Observer of People. To start, I'm going to share a response I received about that episode. It's from a listener in Tennessee who wrote, Loved this message. Really challenged me. Listening to it twice. The message of that episode was this. Our relationships deepen as we become better observers of the important people in our life. It gives us important data for relating well with them. Now, if someone like this listener in Tennessee went to the trouble of listening twice to the How to Be a Better Observer of People episode, I'm going to assume there's more interest in the subject. Because after all, it's a key component of the aura principle of deepening our relationships with people, O-R-A. You remember that? It's the acronym for observe, O, remember, R, and ask for A. So here we go. There are three distinct benefits to being a keen observer of people. The first benefit is that we come to understand the love of God better when we're a keen observer of people. Because when we see others as God sees them and loves them, we begin to see how God sees us and loves us. I remember a story from a long time ago when our kids were quite young. They were still in grade school. And we had just come home from church and we were riding home and our two kids were in the back seat and they, they started complaining about some kid in their Sunday school class. Something this kid did really irritated them. You know, I was listening to this and reflecting, and uh, just out of the blue, in a moment of quiet, I said, do you, do you know that that person that really irritates you so much in your class, that Jesus died for that person? Well, <laughs> there was dead silence. That kind of put an end to the... Uh, complaining about this kid because it illustrates a principle that that I talk about a number of times in workshops I give and and that is that the the more we know about each other the less we'll sin against each other because we'll appreciate more the slow process of how God works in each of us to conform us more and more into his image that little kid that was annoying my, my children was really a work in progress that God was working in this kid's life, even as a child, to conform him more and more into his image. Well, as adults, even as children, we are all a work in progress. When we recognize this in the behavior and attitudes of others, it enables us to forgive and to show grace more easily. Being an astute observer of people pleases God. It enriches our lives when we see God at work in the lives of others. When we dig deeply and keenly observe people as God's children, we grow to understand the love of God in a much deeper way. 
both for other people and for ourselves. Well, that's benefit number one. Benefit number two in being a keen observer of others is that it will often bring to light our faulty assumptions and expectations of people. Our default mode in relating with others is so often to just assume. It's always easier to assume rather than to know. Yet in reality, there's so much that we don't know about people. I love this quote from the ancient philosopher Philo of Alexandria, who said, Be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. Be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. To be an astute observer of people means that we've set aside our own prejudices, which is hard to do on our own. We need God's wisdom and power to set aside our confirmation bias, where we interpret data through the filter of foregone conclusions that we have about people. Recently, Janet and I were in a Zoom meeting where the issue of married people and singles working together on the mission field came up. Two key sticking points in those relationships are both assumptions and expectations. An astute observer of people will question his or her assumptions and also have realistic expectations of others. One example comes to mind of a young missionary wife. Her and her husband came to meet with Janet and I over a six-month period several years ago. And one story, a really sad story that the wife told, was the time that there was a celebration amongst their teammates and everyone was to bring cookies for this celebration. Well, our missionary friend um, bought cookies that uh, she had purchased at a local store, whereas the wives of the other missionaries on the team had uh, baked their own cookies from scratch. Well, these other wives, uh, we found out later, our missionary friend found out later that uh, that was very upsetting to these missionary wives because they interpreted uh, these store-purchased cookies as indications that uh, this missionary wife wasn't committed to the team, that she didn't really care about other people, because if she really cared, she really loved them, she would have made these cookies from scratch. (laughs) Well, their assumption was that if you love me, you, you bake cookies from scratch. If you don't love me, you buy them in the store. And I can't make, you can't make this stop. This is what, what really happened. And so their expectations were, were, um, were that she bring these cookies that she had made herself. What they did not take into account was the fact that this uh, younger missionary wife had three very young kids that were a handful. They were living in a fairly remote area. And it was all she could do to just make it from day to day much less set aside time to bake cookies. So, uh, faulty assumptions and unrealistic expectations just really got in the way. And they got in the way because they really didn't, they didn't observe what life was like for this young missionary wife. They had forgotten what it was like to raise young children in remote areas of the world where every day is a struggle. Well. On to benefit number three. Being a keen observer of others enables us to act wisely 
in our relationships. One example of this comes to mind when uh, I was a deacon at a church a long time ago. Uh, we were having a deacon's meeting, and in this particular church, there was a stage of the development of the church where the pastor was very gifted at bringing people in. He was very much of an evangelist type. He attracted a lot of people. A lot of people were coming, but just as many people were, who were coming through the front door were leaving out the back door. So there's a lot of lot of turnover. We were, as a deacon board, trying to figure out well, what, why is this happening? What what can we do to to uh, correct this problem? Why are why are people leaving? And so I suggested, rather innocently, I thought, I, I suggested that uh, why don't we why don't we interview these people that have left to find out what uh, what's causing them to move on to other churches. Well, I had barely finished the sentence uh, about that suggestion, and the pastor slammed his fist on the, on the on the table and said, "We don't need to do that. I know why these people are leaving leaving, and it's usually because the, the wife is wearing the pants in the family, so we don't even need to go there." And then he kind of moved on to something else. Well, the whole room was just silent, and I thought. What was so bad about asking that, that question? Well, I thought about that later. And the thing that bothered me uh, even more than the pastor's reaction was the reaction of the other deacons. Nobody said a word. Nobody said a word. Several days later, though, I did receive a phone call from well, one of the deacons, an older guy. And he said, you know, the, the, the pastor so-and-so was wrong. You know, your idea was perfectly fine. We really should do that. And he was just out of, out of line by coming down so hard on you. That made me think about that, that meeting. Uh, that meeting gave me some really important data about that pastor. And it also gave me some important data about my colleagues on the deacon board. And it was very useful data to help me know how to relate to those people in the future. I'll let you draw your own conclusions as to how I use that data in relating with both the pastor and my colleagues on the board afterwards. I'll leave that up to you. The pastor was a good man. The deacons were good, were good people. But that particular incident uh, was kind of a turning point in how I was viewing that particular group. Well, being a good observer of people gives you important data to use in how you relate to people moving forward. It gives you guidance in terms of who do you want to invest your relational capital with And who are the people you want to avoid? So what does this all mean for you? You as a listener, what action can you take in response to today's program? Well, here are a few ideas. First off, you can ask God to increase your observation skills. Ask him to help you see others as he does. He'll show you how he really will. And remember, this is all a skill a skill that can be learned. And like any skill, it takes practice to observe others in a meaningful way. 
Another thing you could do is to listen to a previous episode series I did on developing our relational skills. It was entitled The Four Levels of Relationship Skills. And you'll see those in episodes 11, 12, 13, and 14. And I will have a link to uh, all four of them in the show notes. Well, those are four episodes. If you only want to listen to one or only have time to listen to one, do listen to episode 11. It gives a general overview of those four different skill levels. Finally, I want to share one last response to episode 89, How to Be a Better Observer of People. A retired missionary emailed me to tell me what she wants for her life after hearing that episode. She said the following, I desire to observe my beloved husband and others with a more focused attention and observing them as Jesus does. Thanks for getting my attention. Wow. May that be our desire as well, to observe people as Jesus does. As always, another thing you can do is to let me and your fellow listeners know what resonated with you about today's episode, like some of the listener responses I quoted today. You can put your thoughts in an email and send them to me, to john at caringforothers.org, or you can share your thoughts in the leave a reply box at the bottom of the show notes. Well, if you forget everything else, here's one thing I hope you remember from today's episode. It's this. There are great personal benefits that accrue to us when we become a keen observer of people. But we need to seek God's help to be that kind of person because we can't do it on our own. In closing, if you found the podcast helpful, please subscribe, and I'd appreciate it if you would leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. It will help us to serve more people just like you. I sure hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to both reflect and to act so that you will find the joy that God intends for you through your relationships. Because after all, you were made for this. Well, that's about it for today, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Goodbye for now.